What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, everybody, and congratulations, you have found the great new baseball show that is District Baseball. It is our first ever episode. We could not be more excited. For those of you that have been with us from the beginning, we appreciate you sticking with us. And for those of you are new, welcome. And again, congratulations, because this is the best baseball show. You've stumbled upon a gold mine, and you should reward yourself for that. You should uh, give yourself a pat on the back. But I am Nick. You can follow me on I was going to say Twitter, but I guess it's X now uh, at the coach moose. And I am joined by the one, the only Trey. You can follow him on Twitter at reverse two R's two S's. And I'm sure you know him because if you're here watching on YouTube, you know who he is, you know, the man, the myth, the legend that is Trey, but Trey, what's going on, Nick, it's going really well. I'm super excited to uh, be doing this show uh, more often, basically, and just having more, uh, more content to post. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. We're going to be using September kind of as a little test run on this show. And then uh, make sure you guys, if you guys do enjoy, make sure to leave us feedback as well, because we want to improve in the off season as well. But yeah, I'm super excited and I'm really excited to get into some, um, some baseball talk. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, this is a new show um, and we are using this as kind of a, a ramp up period for 2024, ironing out all the kinks and seeing what we uh, can do better, what we are doing well and all that good stuff. So uh, as always, we wouldn't have a show if it weren't for the fans and, and you guys, your support. So please let us know what you think and hopefully you enjoy it. But yeah, we've got a packed episode for you today and off the top, um, so, so it's funny. So if we recorded this last week, if last week was our first ever episode, we are flying high cloud nine nationals are back, baby, uh, so playoff bad. hopes. Uh, you know, I, I, for, for those that don't know, I, I run the district on deck account on Twitter and, and site as well, but I, I made a joke. I think it was during the Yankee series. It was like the Yankees or excuse me, the, uh, nationals are one series went away from being uh, necessarily put on every in the hunt graphic. And it happened because not only did they, you know, take the series from the Yankees, they took one against the Marlins as well. And it's, I, I saw one, I saw an in the hunt 
graphic or at least a uh, wildcard graphic that had the Nationals, you know, seven and a half games back or whatever it was at the time. And it was awesome. Same record as the Padres. You know, that had all of its implications after last year. Um, and then, of course, you know, the back and forth with the Mets and uh, what's his name? Chris Clemmer uh, from Barstool. Oh, yeah. Barstool. Uh, you know, that that's been going on and that's been a joy. Um, so, again, if you if you caught us last week, it would have been great. <laughs> um, but alas, you know, reality set in. The Nats are now sliding after getting swept in four games by the Marlins. What are they, 2-11 against the Marlins on the year? Basically, single-handedly, you know, keeping the Marlins' playoff hopes alive because the Marlins have a losing record against the rest of baseball. Um, but, yeah, Trey, what were your thoughts on, on how the series unfolded and, and you know, what the – the team is looking at like right now well you know i i i thought we finally slayed those fish uh but it wasn't wasn't meant to be this time um turns out we were the fish being slayed uh, yeah for real um yeah it's 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 really funny that we were technically in the hunt we tied the padres who have been in the hunt the entire season so you got to put us right there um but yeah we've we've been sliding the the marlin series was pretty pathetic i mean they played the sloppy. That was probably the sloppiest series they played all year, uh, especially in the field. Lots of miscues, errors, missing the ball, throwing to the wrong base. Um, base running has been pretty suspect last week. So honestly, the fundamentals have been bad. Um, and basically everything that the Nationals were doing well in August, they did poorly against the Marlins. Pitching, defense, hitting, good at bats, clutch. Uh, haven't had really any of those, so. Um, they'll be yeah. definitely looking to uh, basically kind of wipe the slate clean of that Marlins series and head on uh, to the next one. Yeah, um, and it, it, it doesn't really get much easier, you know, yeah, for the final month. A lot absolutely. of divisional matchups. Yeah, a lot of Braves, some Dodgers, Braves. I believe. Or yep. do we, we might be done with Yeah, No, no the Dodgers are next weekend. Yeah, yeah. So pretty rough. Um, and uh, so the Nats are basically out of it, which kind of just leads us directly into – talking about the young pitching because at this point um you know we're not really competing for a playoff spot so it's probably time to start reigning in the innings skipping starts they've already gone to a six-man rotation um but at this point you know with some of some of the guys that are looking very fatigued like gray and gore uh it's pretty crucial honestly that they get a, a start skipped in september just to get a little extra rest yeah, um, you know, we'll talk about Gray first, or I will talk about Gray first because obviously he pitched today, and and unfortunately it was just more of the same. Like I guess the final results weren't as ugly as you know some of the previous results, but they still weren't great. Only four innings, you know. Yeah, he only allowed what two or three earned runs, but it just was not an effective, efficient start. Like he's, I, and I hate saying this. I don't want to you know put it out into the atmosphere or you know let the baseball gods hear me, but he's performing like a long reliever where it's like, he can give you a very inefficient three to four innings, but like he, he gets you through those three to four innings and you know, it's okay, but that's what he's looking like right now. And it, and it stinks because, you know, people are going to throw the stuff plus at me and, and stuff like that, which it is what it is. And I get, you know, there's a, a bit of luck to Josiah's, first half performance but you know he he was showing the ability to get deep into the games to keep his pitch count down to keep the walks down for you know an extended period of time it wasn't obviously a full season as we're seeing now but you know 
the flat it's it wasn't a flash a flash implies it was just a couple of starts like it was it was the majority of the season yeah, you know even if he, the entire first half right like if even if he stinks it up in september which you know it's where it's trending like still the majority of the season we got good josiah gray now it's just about getting good josiah gray you know over the full season which you know is this topic at hand but seeing him visibly frustrated today over you know the sun monsters everyone's calling it like the day games at nationals park like the sun is just brutal like it happened to us a lot early in the season and you know jacob young lost a ball in the sun in center field but like josiah still walked two guys after that and like he walked in two runs like you know you you can't be frustrated over someone not catching fly ball if you're going to turn around and walk the next two guys like when max would choose someone out it's because he then had to go do it himself Right. And he was also good enough to go do it himself. And I think Josiah is good enough to do it himself, but like he's not anywhere near consistent enough. And, you know, him letting it boil over into visible frustration and, you know, yelling at teammates in a very inappropriate setting, you know, with all the cameras on you as opposed to like the clubhouse or behind closed doors. Like it just goes to show like this is getting to him. He was an all star this year and it's getting to him now that he's been bad for like the past month, month and a half. And like, that's not an easy thing for him to go through. I I can imagine, especially when trying to be the leader of this next great nationals team, I I think you have to skip a start at the bare minimum. I get they have a six man rotation, but the thing that kills me about Dave Martinez and, you know, we can talk about the Martinez hickey thing another time. Like that's always going to be an issue as long as they're here, but you know, they're like, Oh, he looked great in a bullpen. So he's going to keep going. Like, most bullpens look good. <laughs> like, it, you know, there's no live hitting. Like if you throw a, a curveball right down the middle, like you're going to be like, oh, yeah, get that down a little bit. But it was a great curveball. But but like in a game, someone might hit that, you know, 450, which is or like, you know, so most bullpens look good. I don't really know if that's the best thing we should be using to evaluate whether or not Gray is, you know, poised to continue on this season. But at the very least, you have to skip a start. I just don't think there's any two ways around it. Gore, on the other hand, seems like he's going to – he's on the bereavement list right now, and I don't know if we have many details. Obviously, we hope everything's all right. It seems like he is going to miss a start just because of that, and, like, Patrick Corbin's going to go on five days rest, and, you know, that was one of the benefits of going to the six-man rotation. So it seems like he's uh, going to miss a start as it just so happens. So I think that is obviously going to help Gore, and because, you know – Gore's missing a start. I think it makes sense to have Gray miss a start. And, you know, like you said, we're not in the playoffs. Like, there's no really hope for it. Who cares who starts? If Corey Abbott has to get called up to start a game, is that really the end of the world if it means like the better long term health of Josiah Gray? Like, no, I don't think so. Yeah. And Corey Abbott threw six shutout innings the, with eight. The Rochester the lab, <laughs> the Rochester lab is unreal. Like, yeah, I, I, I keep to, seeing... I'm starting to believe that it's really a, a thing. Like, I keep Every seeing guy the, that comes uh, up. Yeah, I keep seeing the Jackson Rutledge stat lines. And I used to be really high on Jackson Rutledge. And then I came crashing down. And now I'm kind of like, okay, as far as like hype mm-hmm. and anticipation for him. He still walks too many guys. But like I see five scoreless innings. And I'm just like, why can't he be Blake Snell where he, you know, shoves? He walks some guys, but he can shove. Like I'm like now talking myself back into it. Like let, let's get some Jackson Rutledge up here. When yeah, I, know, I, I love like to he's see not him. ready. I'd I'd love to see him uh, next next season though for sure. Oh yeah, 
speaking of Rochester, Rochester has sent us some, you know, pretty good replacements, which, you know, I think back to the Derrick Hill and, you know, the Blake Rutherford and how, and even Alex Hall, like how they lit up AAA and obviously not so great in the majors, but Carter Keeboom came up, Travis Blankenhorn came up and Amos Willingham was recalled. And all three of them, Keeboom has cooled a little bit as of late, but has still, he hit some big home runs in the Yankee series. And um, what was the the series after that? I can't remember where he hit, what ended up being one of the, um, you know, basically the game winning run. Uh, and then the other Marlins series, it was the, all right. Yeah. I was like, that wasn't this series. Yeah. We put, yeah. yeah the Marlins series are blending in for me too. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but Blankenhorn homered in his first game and he he's been getting on base, drawing walks and seems to be finally uh, at least decent call up from AAA. And we talked about the Rochester pitching lab. Hopefully they fixed Amos Willingham. Cause I think there's potential as a reliever there. He covered three innings, t- three scoreless innings today or yesterday, uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, there's potential. Do, what do you think of like the Nats? I guess depth because none of them maybe keep them. There's an argument, but none of them are like long term pieces. But they're depth, and that's obviously what every team needs. Yeah, well, that's certainly what the Nats need in terms of the major league depth and the minor league depth uh, all throughout the organization. They have a lot of the high end talent, but they're not you know getting those guys those late round picks that come up and are successful. Um, but yeah, no, I've been excited about the way Keeboom swung the bat. Um, would like him to walk more going forward, but obviously we know that's not really the Nats' philosophy. But we'll see. Um, Blankenhorn's been too soon, but I, you know, he's never really had a real chance. So we'll see. Yeah. And uh, Willingham's been intriguing to me since he came up because he's got he throws gas. Uh, he's got some some good stuff. Uh, it's just a matter of of locating it, and he did a lot better uh, yesterday of locating, especially a slider. Um, so we'll see if uh, his trip to AAA really, really makes a difference for him. Yeah, hopefully he can stick around because the bullpen and we need some depth in the bullpen is bat. all over the place right now. I, I probably worth mentioning that Tanner Rainey seems to be back sooner rather than later. He's on a AAA rehab assignment right now, or a major league rehab assignment in AAA. So he's going to take someone's spot. He's going to be up before the season's over, but it'll yeah. probably be the lowest performing player as opposed to Amos Willingham just because he was the last guy called up it's going to be you know whoever's performing poorly is going to be the odd man out um speaking of performing poorly he was until this series Lane Thomas is kind of I don't know I have a love-hate relationship with Lane Thomas like (laughs) I I want to just enjoy it for what it is but people are making out to be way more than it is and so it's you know conflicting yeah it's the Uh, the the yin yang of that yeah banged up a little bit but had a great series you know, what, what are your thoughts on Lane Thomas? Well, I, so I, I was excited that he finally seemed to, uh, to come back down to, uh, come back, uh, to hitting with some power again, uh, that he was kind of banged up. They, they rested him because of a back injury. Maybe that was affecting him, uh, during, during August, because despite the Nats winning a lot during August, uh, Lane Thomas was pretty mediocre. Uh, but, I wanted to talk about specifically his at bat today against Sandy Alcantara and his home run because certain home runs uh, are different than others. A, you know, hanging curveball in a regular season game down by eight is not the same as Kyle Schwarber hitting a 490 foot <laughs> ball in San Diego in, in November or, or yeah. October. So some home runs are different than others. And I think Lane Thomas 
hit one of the more impressive homers that I've seen from a Nats hitter today in a while. Um, went he very took, far. <laughs> he, he went very far, but more, more importantly, it was the pitch and the location. A hundred mile per hour sinker from a great pitcher. I know he hasn't been as good this year, Alcantara, but you know, his second half yeah. has been much better. Yeah. And half. it's, he's throwing a hundred still, still really good. Uh, he's throwing a hundred mile per hour sinker. It gets in on Lane Thomas's hands and somehow, he pulls the hands in, absolutely crushed it, hit like 111 mile per hour. But just to be able to get the barrel out enough to keep that ball fair of where it was located, I was honestly genuinely really impressed with that. And that kind of honestly sparked something in me like, he's got, he's actually got some hidden skill. I mean, I know he's, he's had a good season. We've been questioning, like, is it real? Is it not? But that that's not many guys can do that. So I got to give him his credit for that one. Um, and, and just... I want, I just wanted to gush about that specific Homer because I thought it was so impressive. Yeah. I thought you were a believer. Um, <laughs> I think I'm more of a believer than other people now. I think uh, geez. I'm not, I don't think he's an all-star all the time. Okay. I'm not like that, but I, I kind of like him. Right? I think he's Jeez. a fine fourth outfielder and is completely expendable in the right deal. Yeah. I can't really argue against that either. <laughs> 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 All right, the last bit of Nats news before we transition into uh, you know MLB and some of the burning topics around the league and playoff races and whatnot. Uh, Johnny DePuglia of the Nationals since 2009. Like it's not like he just came into the organization. He's been here for a while. Rizzo's right hand man. He was promoted to assistant general manager after the 2019 season. Obviously, everyone knows what happened in 2019. Signed Juan Soto, among others. I, I love the among <laughs> the among others in this news does so much work. <laughs> yeah, I know. For real. Um, but he resigned kind of unexpectedly. Uh, I believe it was Friday, Saturday over the weekend. Um, and it kind of just pr- fuels the conjecture a little bit more surrounding Mike Rizzo. Davey Martinez was extended, but that was more Rizzo's decision. Whereas Rizzo being extended is more on the ownership. Um, and obviously everyone knows the ownership is in flux with the pending, hopefully pending sale of the team or impending sale of the team. Um, but regardless, let, let's say Rizzo is back, which does seem like the likeliest outcome, especially now that the White Sox have filled their uh, vacancy for general manager. It still leaves the Nats with uh, a vacancy in their international scouting director, which everyone's like, it's a huge loss. Like Bob Nightingale was throwing out the propaganda. Yes, he signed Juan Soto. Credit where credit is due. Like, obviously, that's, that's massive signing. Look at his other signings, though. Like, the, the cream of the crop. Yeah, I guess you could throw Victor Robles in there. But after Victor Robles, the cream of the crop is like Wilmer Defoe <laughs> or like uh, Wander Suero or oh, Pedro Severino. Like, all guys that had a cup of coffee with the Nats and then had to be released because they were ultimately so bad, even in bench spots. And like the guys that he signed more recently, like Yasel and Tuna had to be removed from the 40 man roster just because he wasn't showing enough promise. Andrew Lara, um, you know, guys like that. Uh, I'm forgetting the shortstop's name. Um, that, that I know who you're talking well. about though. But like <laughs> the guys he signed recently, they're not performing well either. And, you know, Christian Vaccaro could be something, but we're years and years away from ever finding out. The fact of the matter is the Dominican summer league team is 11 and 39 this year. Not only are they the last in their division, they are last in all of the the DSL by like a wide margin. So it's not, it's not close. I, I do think this is more performance based, but the fact that him, Johnny or DePuglia and Rizzo had been so close since 2009, just again, adds fuel to that fire. Like what the heck is going on in this, the Nats front office? 
Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about lack of depth. I mean, the the high end talent is generally going to come through and and at least provide you with something. It's those those under the radar guys, the draft, the late round draft picks, and the international signings. And when you don't have that help, you really start to feel it when in the pitching depth, in your positional depth, uh, throughout the entire organiza- organization. And that's definitely been an issue for the Nats in recent years. So. Yeah, it is a little. It is a little bizarre that there's been no, really, no follow up on no why news. he left. So that's no definitely something to keep in mind um, as something that's just kind of interesting. I don't really, I don't really think it's much yeah. more than that. But um, it, if you are like one of those people that are like very concerned about this move, just know this is also the same guy that absolutely whiffed on Ronald Acuna. Acuna was gonna sign with the Nats. For those that don't know. And then I, the Braves offered like half a million more. And Acuna went back to that saying, you know, I got offered this. Can you match or exceed it? And DePuglia said no. And we all know how that's turning out. <laughs> so, yeah. it, you know, whether that stings more or eases the sting of losing him, I, I think it's a good opportunity for the Nats to get more forward thinking individuals in the scouting department and as assistant general manager and really let, let's make this player development, you know, kick it into overdrive and see if we really can't make something happen. Yeah, I'm absolutely absolutely with you there. Yeah. All right. Uh, We are going to pause really quickly for a word from our sponsors. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, we're back and we're talking Major League Baseball now. And there is a race. Obviously, you know, when we get into September, September, there's all kinds of races that, you know, if your team's out of it like the Nats are, you know, you're shifting your focus elsewhere to see what 
you know, what might transpire out West, you know, with the late night baseball or everything else, there's a bunch of good races, but arguably none better than the NL MVP right now. If you go back a month ago, it was Ronald Acuna by a wide margin. If you go back three months ago, it was Ronald Acuna, maybe Corbin Carroll, but this is just to say Corbin or uh, excuse me, Ronald Acuna has been kind of the favorite for 75% of the season until one Marcus Lynn Betts has turned it on. We talked about the Nats being great in August. <laughs> Mookie Betts had like the August to remember for a lifetime. Um, but if you look at their stats as it is right now, and we're recording September 3rd, Mookie Betts 7.6 F4, 313 average, 1021 OPS, 38 home runs. Acuna 7 F4, 337 average, 101, or excuse me, 1001 OPS and 32 home runs. But obviously Acuna just got to 60 steals, which is a, you know, big uh, milestone (laughs) in and of itself. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, But then you you do want to give some credit to Freddie Freeman, who's been pretty consistent all along. And I think if we weren't (laughs) in the midst of like one of the greatest MVP chases or battles, in recent memory, Freddie Freeman would be a more than fine MVP on like any other year. Yeah. 6.9 F4, 338 average, 994 OPS, 25 home runs. So it's just like, it's not really a pick your poison, but like you can't go wrong. <laughs> like all three of these guys are insane. And of course, Betts and Freeman are playing on the same team. And Acuna is just leading the best team in baseball right now. So it's like, are, do you have a, are you leaning one way or another for NL MVP? Right now, no. I don't know who I would pick, honestly. I mean, even Freeman is right there yeah. with, with, with Acuna and the war numbers and the OPS. I mean, I think it's going to come down to whatever, whichever one of those three players has the best September. And that's going to be, it's going to be full-blown recency bias. But at that point, I mean, it probably yeah. wouldn't be because they're so close right now. So whoever has the, the best month is probably going to be the clear-cut guy. I mean, I don't even know, though, because they could all have good months and then we're still sitting here and with then the same conversation, yeah, same spot in a month from now. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the only thing I, I think people should pay a little bit more attention to though, is um, or maybe pay less attention to is that stolen base home run number because yeah, he's Racuna is stealing a lot of base. He's stealing more than everybody uh, steals are up this season. So there is that to consider, but more importantly, his defense, it's been bad, not good, not okay bad simply uh so you have you have to take that into account and you got mookie who's been playing pretty damn good and he's been playing yep say he's been playing right field he's been playing second base and he's been playing shortstop and that positional versatility for me would probably pick me to vote bets right now but i really i don't want to have to make a pick because this is still so tough because acuna is still amazing he's had an amazing season so yeah, it's probably going to be whoever has the best September. <laughs> so I have who I would pick, and then I have who I am 99% sure will win. Yeah. I would pick Mookie Betts in a heartbeat. I think if you're heartbeat. going off, like, I, I think if you're going off the pure definition of most valuable player, it, it's yep. without a I question can, yeah. Mookie Betts. I can see it. Yeah. If okay. you want to go most outstanding player, which is typically what all MVP races are, yeah, that's Acuna. Like, it, it just is. Yeah, like, Mookie Betts might have the edge in OPS and home runs, but it, it's Acuna. Like, there, there's no really debate for that. 
Um, but you know, you just mentioned the Dodgers shortstop has been a black hole ever since the, the Gavin Lux injury. Yeah. Like they've tried four different people there and you know, they're pulling in a gold glove right fielder to go play shortstop because like one, they needed it. And two, he's able to do that, which is just absolutely insane. He hasn't played infield regularly since like the minors. And yeah, he, it's, he's it's, doing it's it for one of the best teams in baseball and without really skipping a beat. And it's not affecting him offensively either. Um, like, you know, we always talk about the consistency, you know, defensively and, and how it might impact offensive output and stuff like that. Doesn't matter to Mookie at all. Um, but I do think Acuna wins. He has all the sexy milestones, the stolen bases, and you know the hardest hit home run in the Statcast era, yeah. which was just insane. Like he has all the flash, whereas Mookie Betts is just Mookie Betts. So and also Acuna hasn't won one before. So I, I do think Acuna will end up winning it. Yeah, I think that's definitely good to differentiate between who we think should win and who probably will, because I yeah. think you're right. Uh, those those counting stats are probably going to be eye-popping for a lot of voters and um, i also i don't have any problem with acuna winning either oh yeah i mean he's been at, like these these honestly these three seasons between all three of those players have been yeah elite right. elite elite like i yeah. mean they're already all at seven war there's a month left so that's pretty <laughs> nuts um, f war too which yeah, is a little yeah, bit more yeah, for real you know strict on how they grade Absolutely, um, but yeah, it, it, it just crazy. It's gonna so be fun. That, that'll be really fun. Uh, another fun race is also out west, and that's the AL West, which which is probably the best divisional battle going on with a month left. Uh, Seattle, as of again, September third, they're seventy seven fifty nine. Houston is seventy seven sixty. Texas is seventy six and sixty. So like, it's it's anyone's race. It's been Texas for the majority of the year, but Seattle has gotten extremely hot since you know the all-star break and even before that but they're really turning it on as of late and then houston has the experience they've been there done that they brought back justin verlander like there's no reason they can't do it again like that's how good they are they won the world series last year right yes they did is it, are, like are we forgetting that and yeah. yeah i know their team looks a little bit different but they still have all the bones of you know, the team that's been there so often since what, 2017. And yeah, people are going to throw out the chat. I don't care. Like you still have to go out there and execute and, you know, they, there's no trash cans when they're pitching, you know, and they're in, in the field and, you know, all this stuff. So uh, it, it's anyone's race, but that is the division to watch right now. Who do you think wins it? Oh man. You know what? I'm going I'm going all in with the Seattle Mariners winning that division, breaking that curse. Um, Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I want it because we all kind of rooting for the Mariners, I feel like in general. Um, but it just makes sense. They're 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 as hot as any team right now. And they don't they're not slowing down. It's actually crazy yeah. how sustained the success has been at this point. It's been pretty much two months of this. Uh, they actually, funnily enough set their franchise record for wins in a month in August, which I thought was completely insane because they have the 2001. record one. Yeah. Turns out 2001, their top was 20, 20 wins in a month. They did it like three times, but they didn't Jeez. get to 21. So I found that to be absolutely ridiculous and crazy. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Seattle. I really think they're going to do it. Uh, yeah. I would love that. I, so like I, I also root for the Blue Jays, so I would love to see Houston fall out 
And so mm-hmm. that way the Blue Jays get the final spot. But I think all three of these teams being in the postseason would make for a very exciting postseason. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because they've seen each other a lot. You know, they've all made, you know, whether it was last year or this year, big deadline acquisitions to really help put them over the top. You know, it it, it, it just makes for good October baseball when teams like this are, you know, the ones competing and not teams that, you know, just so happen to find their way into the playoffs which i guess doesn't happen so much in baseball i'm thinking more other sports but yeah um yeah baseball's good base uh, we like baseball the other <laughs> news from the, the al west is one i didn't see coming but like once you stop and think about it a little bit more i guess it makes sense it's just it's kind of a sad story <laughs> to, yeah, to be it's honest not, yeah it's just tragedy <laughs> but yeah tragedy yeah tragic that's this is what's the uh Monty w- would love this. Like, what, what's the play? You're not supposed to Hamlet. You're not yeah. supposed to talk about Hamlet or whatever. Like, the angels feel like Hamlet. <laughs> like, you know, you say angels and something bad happens. Um, the angels dumped so many players. Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, who they acquired at the deadline. They spent, you know, two weeks with the team. They're gone, claimed by the Guardians. Uh, Matt Moore, I don't remember where Matt Moore went, but he was dumped too. Hunter Renfro, he's gone. Claimed by the Reds. Dominic Leone, he's gone. Claimed by the uh, Mariners, who we were just talking about. Randall Gritchick, I believe he's gone. I don't know what happens if you go unclaimed. I I believe he's gone. I I need to follow up on that. But he got waived. In all of this, you know, if you're wondering, like, what the hell? They just gave up, you know, two of their three top prospects for Giolito and Lopez and for two weeks and um, all this stuff. Like, why would they just dump them? Well, it's to get them under the luxury tax. They were like, as it stood over the luxury tax, they made all these moves to try to get under it because not only does it save them from a year of uh, being over the luxury tax, but when Shohei Otani signs elsewhere, not if, but when he signs elsewhere, that comp pick turns from a fourth round into, I believe like a third or second round because they were under the tax. So, you know, it, it makes sense. They're just trying to recoup as much value as possible. It, you know, if you look at the salary that they dump, it was only like, I think about 6 million, which is really not a lot, but, you know, it's for basically one month of baseball. And um, it, it was just, a, well, actually, it wasn't enough because Gritchick, <laughs> in true angel strategy, Gritchick was not part. claimed. So it did not uh, get them under it. But then they put Max Stassi on the restricted list and are not paying him for September, which knocked them back down. So I guess kind of creative maneuvering to get them back under it. But yeah, this is all just a a failed deadline and it, it's tragic. Yeah, because I loved the aggressiveness. I thought it was stupid. I thought you just take the haul for, for Donnie and, you know, turn your turn your team around, like I guess what the Nats did with Soto. But <laughs> I appreciated them going in. It just, it could not have blown up any more spectacularly than it did. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much, you pretty much hit it right on, right on the head, but uh, I just... <laughs> I kind of respect it. I respect their decision to go for know. it. Yeah, I respect yeah. their decision to go for it, even though it was definitely stupid. They they made their choice and went for it. And I respect the fact that they have immediately recognized that they were stupid. Because a lot of times it'll take a lot longer to realize you were dumb. Oh, oh, yeah. uh, the Rockies are still in that position where their guys don't realize that they're stupid. So it's like it's almost like a step towards realizing yeah we're bad we did a bad thing let's just let's just let's just end it quick yeah <laughs> so i kind of respect that part yeah. although it's fixing their own silly mistake but yeah uh, they didn't let it drag out which 
I guess there's something to be said, but it's just, and that we didn't even talk about Mike Trout coming back for 24 hours before <sighs> being injured again. Yeah, I know. It's like, a full blown disaster in in Anaheim. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. Um, sorry, Angels fans. <laughs> yeah, we're so sorry about sure, that. I'm sure you're used to this. Hope things get better, but it does not sound like uh, it's any. uh any hope on the horizon um all right final bit of news we're gonna go down to the farm talk some minor league baseball for the nats and we're gonna put the spotlight on harrisburg which normally under basically any other circumstances would be a a great thing an exciting thing but unfortunately right now there's a bit of the harrisburg blues going on since dylan cruz got called up aggressively like but let's not get it twisted like getting promoted from single a over high a to double a is is a big step so seeing dylan cruz struggle initially through his 10 games in harrisburg is not too concerning what's concerning is the entire lineup's gotten cold if you look at james wood he has like a 650 ops in his last 10 games we're going to use 10 games because obviously that's when dylan cruz got called up but he has a 650 ops he's striking out 36 percent of the time Brady House is like a 590 OPS. He's striking out 26% of the time. Trey Lipscomb, who had been like the darling of the double-A season, he has been on fire. He is significantly cooled off as of late. 340 OPS in his last 10 games. He's not striking out as much, so that's good that he's still maintaining some bat-to-ball skill. The big concern, and one we really need to have a conversation about in the offseason, is Robert Hassel III. This dude yeah. may not see the majors at this point. Like they're just not between the injuries, like handmade injury is not an easy thing to come back from, but you know, between the injuries and just the lack of performance, like we may not see him in the majors at least anytime soon. He's a 360 OPS in his last 10 games. He's striking out 49% of the time, dude. Yeah, that was, that was what I was going to say. was my biggest concern is the K rate um, with Hassel. It's uh, I, I am, I'm, I'm actually going to blame myself for this. Because right, I'm Trace pretty Fault. sure you heard it here first. I'm Trace pretty Fault. sure I tweeted something along the lines of this is the double A murderer's row. <laughs> I put out an article along the same line. So you're not you're not alone in the fault here. Uh, yeah. Murderer's row as in they have all died. So um, <laughs> like it's, it's really it's, it's yeah, really call an ambulance, bad. but not for their opponent. Yeah, it's really bad that all I don't get it. It's just all of them. I've. They were all doing so well, and then Cruz came up, and now they're all – or, well, not – Hassel hasn't, didn't do that well. But, you know, Lipscomb House would, but they were all doing well. So that's weird. Hopefully it's just kind of an anomaly, some kind of, you know, they're fatigued. I don't know, something. Because uh, that's just kind of bizarre. I'm not even I'm, – I'm, I feel like we'll probably end up forgetting that this happened at some point. But, like, it's, it is pretty weird to look at, uh, especially after we thought they were going to be Yeah, so hopefully it's just a bump in the road. But, like, I – no, let me rephrase. I don't hate being the I told you so guy. I hate that it had to come under these circumstances. Yeah. People are talking way too much about Dylan Cruz is going to be in the major leagues by, you know, the end of the year and crazy, just crazy talk. And they're they're like, oh, well, Juan Soto did it. Why can't Dylan Cruz do it? I'm just like, if we're going to compare everyone to Juan Soto, like, what's the He also point? didn't do that <laughs> like that either. So he, well, he, he didn't come he came, he skipped triple a yeah, he, yeah. Sp- he only spent like 19 games or even less than that in double a so it was very aggressive but again yeah we, he, we, he had a year before that but he was he got hurt but, yeah, but we can't go around comparing dudes to Juan Soto. <laughs> like that's just 
like what are we what are we doing here we can't do that so um i'm not concerned it just stinks because it it was so cool to see them all play together and you know you slide in kb ruiz and cj abrams to you know that lineup and it kind of starts to come together and you're like oh man oh man like two years from now three years from now we are bumping but unfortunately like not off to the the best of starts but hopefully they uh pick it up before the season ends in a couple weeks small sample size so it's it's not a huge deal but like it's just funny (laughs) yeah in true nats fashion it's very ironic that everybody was just so hype about it and this is what happens oh yeah like how the nats were gonna get that final wild card spot yep yep yeah fun times august was fun yeah that was that was good can we go back no matter what happens the rest of the year we'll always have august (laughs) so oh man but that does it for our lineup you got anything else before we head out no i think uh, i think we we got to everything i want to talk about today absolutely uh well again thank you all to all the listeners for embarking with us on this new show and new venture and again to all the the new listeners that join us along the way we're super excited to to get this thing going and off the ground and uh like trey said at the beginning take september to give us feedback and you know we're gonna iron everything out and make this thing a well-oiled machine for 2024 um so very very excited for that yep absolutely well thanks guys appreciate it be sure to follow us on twitter follow the show i should have plugged the show although if you're looking at this on youtube as you should be highly encourage you all right left hand side left hand right side. right right hand side is the uh right hand. yeah on well, one of my sides <laughs> I can't remember. You, uh, well actually that's the lineup below me is where all the handles are yes <laughs> and and stuff like that the show at district baseball you can follow it at district bsb be sure to follow that uh is the old half street high heat account so if you're already following it or that show you're now following the new one so congratulations uh but all the the latest content will be there as well so again very excited to get this thing going and appreciate guys being here thanks guys see ya Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving, plus high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.